Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. in the end, uh, very dramatic, <laughs> Janet Brown Quaker and 
that equaliser, uh, despite the best efforts of the referee, Michael Harper. Jesus Christ, he was horrific, but um, Everton have done the first half. Oh, look, he's being 2 1 down. In the second half, they really struggled. And it was always going to be a set piece that got them back into it. And thankfully, we just had one in us. Um, and yeah, um, draw probably about, about right in the end, but. Those officials are embarrassing. He's going off now, Michael Oliver. Um, the lad Spurs brought on. A better place in the rugby at the weekend, that centre half. He's got away with absolute murder. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, bit too the subs were great when they came on as well. Same as Corbin, fantastic. Giving it everything for the, for the team. Game was real impetus. <laughs> but Lewis Goffin was dead bright too. Um, the other wingers were awful. But yeah, a good point in the end. Uh, this team's clearly not, not at the best. Uh, the fight and the scrapper for everyone at the moment. And they dug in and hung in until the end. And it's a good point against the good side. So. Spirits, spirits high, good as enough for that. <coughs> yeah, we're back in the Denby soon. Let's go through that mad game in more detail. We are back in the Denby Castle. I've got Dave Downey, Paul Daly, Les Roberts, Mark Mosey with me. Uh, Mosey, will come to you first. Uh, good point. Yeah. Um, it's hard to. It's hard to go. I always think you've got to kind of go back to what you were thinking and expecting pre-game. Um, if you were to show me the first half, minus the obvious of bookended by the two goals and probably the only two times that Tottenham really put us under any form of danger I'd say that, that that's how I want to see Everton every single week um, aggressive for some mistakes from a team who um, you know I, I always get a, a little bit more hopeful and excited when I see a team playing out from the back in a way that they do and in a way that Aston Villa did here a few weeks ago and you think well if we are right at it we're going to terrify these um, and I think at times we did that um, they, they have undoubted quality in important areas so um, obviously when in leading at the break where I thought we were we were really we could feel really hard done to at, at, that, at that result but even at that time I felt really confident that we'd get back into the game and get something out of it um, and the more I saw the match the less I thought that uh, because I think the, the second half we just gave all impetus back to back to Tottenham and in the end we are very very fortunate to get a point because we were really poor at a time where we should have been forcing the issue um, yeah so to answer your question definitely um, going into the three games of Fulham away and then obviously two very difficult games against Spurs and Man City I think most of us would have said two points is part of good uh, so I think I think most of us would, would have taken that beforehand and um, you know g given the way that the second half went today I think a point is a really good result for us yeah that's a good one Mark said really I think 
three points out of those last three home game, uh, last three league games. Can't really argue with that. I know in the, in the Fulham post-match, it felt a little bit disappointing. But if you look at those three games on paper, the position we're in, getting three points out of them, can't really argue. It's got to be hard, like going into the next few. We need wins, um, but on the balance of play, we didn't. We didn't deserve to lose that game. Came through at the end with a, a scrappy goal. Thing that really I noticed today, though, was both goals we scored. It felt impossible to celebrate because I thought 100% something's getting pulled back here because he was so scruffy and it was horrible. It was just, it just wasn't nice, and I just, I just hate that side of the game, but. It was nice to walk out and it's not too cold, it's not dark and we're all quite happy. So that makes a nice change, I'll take that. Yeah, I'd, um, I'd pretty much, I think, what Liza said, the spot on there. Um, really solid performance from us today. Um, I, I do share Liza's um, views on both our goals as well. I think when Carvel Lewin scored, there was almost an air of, oh, should we celebrate this or not? And there was like a lot of deliberation around it. And I felt with both of Tottenham's goals, there was none of that. Um, first goal, Richardson took really well. The second one, I was I was sat in GS5 to begin with at the start of the game. And um, I was hoping that there'd be a suspicion of offside. But um, it didn't appear to be given. I think when the Bramfweight one went in, it was just emotion. I was back sitting with my dad and my brother. And I took a punch flush to the face when Jared Bramfweight scored. So uh, I, I thought... When it went to VAR, check it turned around to the fellow behind me and went fucking hell, mate. It best be, um, you best be open, it's a goal here. <laughs> Otherwise, I've got a free hit on you. But I, I, I think the VAR, as Les was saying, it's taken a lot out of the game. And in a week where our season ticket prices have gone up, I'm just fast, like, wondering why we keep on coming back. We're, we're, we are like sickos, like, the amount of money that we're paying. But... Um, yeah, it, it, it just it it is it isn't right. Like the amount of fun and joy and emotion that's being taken out, and you you're waiting on some idiots in Stockley Park to make a decision, and it can't be right. It's it, it, it's it, it's not football as we know it, but I think that's football as it is now. But as everyone said, as Mark said, it's a brilliant point at the start of the game. At so one look at their front four, and I feared the worst. Even the midfield with Ben Tanker and Hoiberg compared to Gwai, who's just got back from Africa, and James Garner, who I think the last couple of games he, he struggled to form, or he hasn't been up to his usual standard. So I think, on the grand scheme of things, we've got to take the point to move on. City will be tough, but we're not losing games. And I was I seen the, the stat before the game that we've conceded so many... That, like four for third least goals in the league and it's only the top two or three above us so that bodes well we, we just, we've just got to start taking our chances now so um, yeah onwards and upwards yeah I think there was a lot of tenacity in that that we've seen at home a little bit more regularly this season towards, as it's got up to this year um, thought having gone behind twice I was waiting for Spurs to score a third to, to finish that off um, I thought Madison ran the show for them as well it was really difficult to try and stop him but we did we did well with that I think uh, gay followed him as well as he could yeah he was um, watching Madison you know, can just tell he's, he's everything that ticks with um, I thought he was quite quiet being, being being so. it was that ball he put into um, Timo Werner yeah. so he was a pile of shite by the way Timo, Timo Werner just doesn't I know he's brilliant over in Germany but just doesn't seem to cut it in the Premier League um, Kulosevsky on the other side one of my favourite players with, with them 
So I think to get a point from a side that you look at that at the start of it, similar to what I said when we got away to Fulham, I'd bite your hand off if you give us a point. Today I'd probably bite your arm and the rest of your head off to get a point against, <laughs> to get a point against these. Um, felt in an attacking concept. The, the best thing that I saw and the thing that will stick in my mind was the corners we took were absolutely brilliant. Uh, I think it was Garn who took most of them from, from the left-hand side yeah. and he's whipping it in. That dickhead of a keeper there, you've got, you put it over his head, mate, there was all sorts going on there. Um, effectively, how we went and scored, but you see him like, crying on the floor afterwards and all that. Um, I was waiting for us to get a pen. Well, a normal team probably got a pen for some of the things that he did. Running into people, elbowing them, and all sorts of carnage. We'll come back to Michael Arbor, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, I do apologise. <laughs> uh, general performance wise, I think just about going in a draw there. They are going to be absolutely seething. We're not winning that match. Um, for watching towards the end, where I thought Brantwaite, that's going to be offside, because he is actually offside, but the ball comes off one of their players' heads, so completely denies the, the VAR. Took a while to work it out as well. Um, to get that draw and I was thinking we'll go and get this in the last three minutes but we couldn't quite sort of kick down towards you guys and the Gladys but yeah I mean uh, content with a the point there um, and like you say it's getting this run done that was in Palace afterwards City haven't we away and then Palace at home Brighton away yeah, um, yeah it's obviously a bit far to look ahead to that sort of thing now but that, that, that draw should just about give everyone sort of the heads are up with that now I think the performance the, like I said tenacity as well to get back from that against the side that could have gone away for us at times um, just a word on Richarlison as well the two fantastic goals that he takes but um, I'll get I'll get battered for this but nobody should be applauding him at any point in which he scores a goal or runs into the Gladys kisses all the fans and wears an Everton top you should not be applauding any player that scores against us at any stage Still a cheese, fuck him. Um, <laughs> oh, no, you see him fucking throwing himself everywhere. People are applauding that. The header with Tarkovsky, um, they both go up for a header. Tarkovsky wins it, but Charleston goes down holding his head, and Oliver stops the play. I know we'll come on to him later, but then the exact same thing happened, and Oliver almost has to be like bullied into giving a decision. It's exact, exactly the same challenge with the same two players. It was just utterly baffling, but I, I agree with what Dave said. No one will, um, no one on this planet loves Richarlison more than I do and no one appreciates more what he did for Everton and what he did in terms of keeping us up but for 90 minutes he's trying to kill us he's trying to send us down he scored three goals against us this season and we're applauding him that can't be right that cannot be right and I I get that we're, we're trying to be we're trying to show that we still love him for 90 minutes that's got to go out the window and I just felt it even when he went down injured before in the second half and Pickford was over and all, I was losing my head in the Goddard streets <laughs> leave him the, the space space videos clearly weren't asked about him why are we like trying to be his friend like, we should know more than anyone that usually when he goes down like that he's, he's going to bounce up absolutely fine he went down at one point holding his head and Michael Oliver did kind of like one of those more urgent waves over to the touchline it was like it's not that we need the, the physio on, but we need him right now. And I thought, no one, no one who's ever watched that lad play footy could ever 
knowingly and like really honourably look over to the sideline and say he needs urgent medical treatment because he just doesn't. Unfortunately, the, the man is made of steel, as we know. Um, just a couple of points. I'd say that, that one thing I did find quite funny is after we were crap for 40 minutes and then scored a late equaliser, is that all the Everton players urgently ran to get the ball out the net. <laughs> As though, as though a point simply will not do it. And we, we really need to kick on. And I think, you know, don't get me wrong, I'd rather see that thing kind of a, a, a backs to the wall last few minutes, but it did it did raise a smile. Um, but just, just to point on the corners, I think, you know, there was clearly a, a, a tactic there to put it right on top of his head. Uh, and I thought Dwight McNeil did a really good job of it. He obviously struggled in the first half. Um, yeah, absolutely. But I, I thought in the second half, at the point where I, I could probably think of four off the top of my head where McNeil swings corners in and he takes them pretty comfortably. And I, I, I want to see a little bit more now, Howie, in terms of us seeing that something is no longer working and how do we how do we kind of shift this? I know that we've probably worked on it all Friday afternoon at, at Finch Farm, but surely one of those massive seven lads we've got can pull off to the edge of the six yard box and do something just a little bit different and I think that that was kind of like a it, it was like a small scale metaphor for how Everton were in that we got to about an hour things clearly weren't working um, we simply do not have the quality or the options at the moment to change things um, and it all gets a little bit stale I mean, it feels as though and you know it happened today you, you, you physically have to force the ball into the net for us to score a goal when ideas are running dry um, we, 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 are, we are obviously capable of that because we have, we have a manager and a team who have an MO of just being massive um, and you know it, it will work and it's not the type of football that we want to come to Goodison Park and see um, and I think when people get on Sean Dyche's back like I do frequently it's because on a, on a grand scale of supporting Everton I don't want to get excited when we've got a free kick 60 yards out from goal because the two massive lads from the back are going to go up and, and contest it with the keeper um, do not get me wrong it is our best chance of scoring goals and surviving at the moment but um, it, it does feel as though with someone like Dyche and with the set of players that we've got at the moment teams can they can win a game in 70 minutes against us because we, we do run out of ideas pretty quickly um, and it's hard to see how we get out of that because you either you either I know it seems mad to be talking about this on the back of a, a good result but long term you either get rid of someone like Dyche and you're stuck with his players and a manager trying to do different things with them or you, you kind of go out and buy non-Sean Daishi players and he has no idea what to do with them. I, I, I do find myself a game sometimes thinking, how, how are we ever going to break this cycle of the dogs of war banner that I have to always look at in the gladders? <laughs> you know, as I say, it, it, it is what we have to be right now, but in terms of what I want us to be, it, it, is, it is a little bit hollow. Um, but yeah, good point. <laughs> I, am, I am glad Mark said that and not me or Dave. Um, about Dice. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, do you know what? I, th- I think that game, yeah, I think, as, as Mark said, we, we don't really have another way of playing. And then when it doesn't work, like we ran out of steam that second half, it was dead scrappy. We did have to, like, force the ball in. It's proper, like, headache footy. So, yeah. like, like I, I can actually feel it pounding. Yeah. <laughs> Referee, uh, really tight, contested game. Mopping the ball. Really ball scrappy, ball. yeah. It's real heavy metal football. It was Gothic football. It was <laughs> football. But I, I don't really mind so long as we get results, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. It's like, 
you know, cliche, it's a results game. And I, you know what? We could play shit for 90 minutes and we win 1 0. I'm happy. The, the, the one that really springs to mind was that Chelsea game a few years back where they battered us, absolutely annihilated us, and we won 1 0. Yeah. And it was like sound, all right, that. Obviously, not long term. You can't, yeah. We couldn't do that every week. But just one thing I want to talk about before we go on to the ref is the linesman and the, and the offside shouts. <laughs> the assistant ref. <laughs> Those ones, yeah. So, um, the, the equaliser wasn't offside because it flicked off a Tottenham player. About yeah. well, 10 minutes before that, <laughs> yeah. the ball got played forward, a Tottenham player kicked it, Beto ran onto it, flag went up straight away, it was never offside. And the thing I noticed today, don't want to go into the corruption thing, but every time we got caught offside, the flag went straight up. Every time Tottenham got caught offside, it stayed down to the point where Richarlison nearly got killed. Um, did you have your yellow card off the gym? I missed him. I got in the game too late. Um, <laughs> left too early. Yeah. Oh no, we stayed till the end. It was fine. Part, part of the uh, credentials to come on this pod is that you've never seen Zach Cause. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, I think I think we I think after about seven years in the park end or whatever it's been that we finally mastered the pit, the optimal time to leave to get out just on the final whistle. Isn't so it that's cute what, to get out of? Oh, it's awful, boy! If you, that, if you leave your seat about two minutes before it finishes, you generally yeah. get down to be to like the exit. Nothing will ever beat the Bernardo Silva moments. That that will go down and go to some folklore. Well, that, that. Yeah, yeah, that that was that like was the, the biggest one. mass exodus. If, if anyone's ever sat at the game wondering what Operation Goodness exercises <laughs> it's it's the park end knowing when to leave and that, it was just it was just a moment of Evertonian purity when everyone knew collectively it was the time to go <laughs> uh, before we get on to referee do you want to just dwell a bit longer on the players and like you know I'll, I'll come to you Paul or, or Dave like I think I think it's clear at the moment like we are knackered we are not playing well and I think that the football that you mentioned I think it has regressed to even more route one in the last few weeks but I just think they deserve credit for just digging in and staying at it like we're getting battered off the pitch with all these you know the, the lawyer fellows at the game today wasn't he and like oh my Super god Hill. yeah um, all that nonsense came on, got that many injuries, all that nonsense was going on you know we've got another charge um, we've got injuries they're clearly knackered the squad is really small and quite bad but you know, and I think I think they know that. I think the manager knows that. Like the referees are horrific every single week, and, and they're, they're still there, they're still clinging on. They're still, you know, Seamus Coleman is still putting his head in there in the last minutes, trying to help that ball get over the line. And I think like it's it's what you should expect from every football team, but like, we haven't really always had that down the years. And like as bad as we were in that second half, like they, they never stop running, they never stop battling, they never stop trying, and I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. No, absolutely. I think they deserve all the credit in the world, as you say, with everything that's going um, on in terms of off the pitch with the um, the sanctions and the appeal. We've not been able to bring anyone in in January, which, to my reckoning, that was the most half-assed transfer window I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I felt like the, the likes of obviously Dwight McNeil today worked hard, but you can tell they're on the last legs. Jack Harrison, another one who you, you grafted today. Seamus Coleman coming on. Like, as I say, he's like 36 years old. Ashley Young today, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but I thought genuinely he was brilliant. I thought he played really, really well. 39, 38, however, however old he is. They're all digging in. And I, I, I said this to me, me mate before the game. With Daesh, 
I completely echo what Moses is saying about long term. We don't want that type of football at Everton long term. You you do want more than that. But I think right now it is literally, as he says, um, managing the manageables or control the, controllables, control controllables, and manage the noise. And I think in, in terms of what we've got, he is the right person to control that and to manage it. And he's getting the he's getting the maximum that he possibly can out of this group of lads. But I won't I won't knock them because they are. To working for one another and any other team under Lampard under Benitez we'd have lost that 2-1 today but they kept going and that, that, that is to the credit I just I just hope for Daesh and, and for us obviously the, this isn't all for nothing and if we get any of the points back from the appeal whatever comes even if we don't I just, I just hope that what we're doing is enough to stay in the league for another year but um, as I say, only time will tell. I'm not sure what Dave thinks. Yeah, I think um, it shows you how, how difficult things are for him when he can't even be pragmatic because you haven't got the option to. Um, I, I, having, having said that, I mean, I think we also, the big thing that comes into my mind when you watch our games is we lack a lot of quality that we'd still be saying if we were doing really well there's a lot of quality that we lack for whatever reason that we haven't had a squad of strength for well, several years now let's face it um, we're relying on players for, for, for their hearts more than we are the quality that they're going to have Matt and uh, or the amount of possession we have and thing, everything like that which has been the only real way that we're going to get results and by and large Dice is an intelligent manager and that's what we've used as our strength to go and get it set pieces like you mentioned there Mark as much as you want to cry when most of them are 30-40 yards out and someone's trying to shoot um, Adrissa Gay is, yeah, tried to shoot as well from 20 yards out right by you had they got off had they got off when that happened because he had the ball in on the right there that was a low point today uh, that was a low that, point with James Tarkovsky shooting from 70 oh yards oh my god that, that was horrific <laughs> oh was that when he tried to lob him he tried to, oh, he tried to yeah. score from his own yeah. half yeah you, yeah. you see um like I, you say you're on point we're saying you're proud of this we're not sitting here at the end sort of end of year chat this you know what I mean saying this about the lads I know we're doing this with a nice pint to celebrate that we're still in the Premier League with some points regained which we'll probably need anyway to stay there but I, I, I feel that he can't do much else and me and Les particularly myself have been hammered for what we were talking about last week haven't we where people have claimed we said we want him sacked we never said that did we just to confirm that no I don't want him sacked no, no, that's it. I don't, I don't want him sacked at all. Um, where I probably went a little bit too far was a, a criticism, which is the complete opposite of what I said now, thinking that he should be doing things better. But you, you look at that today as just, in a nutshell, shows you all we can do. You've got a hope for lads to come on. I think he's doing me heads in with the subs, though. Um, yes, you can add, well, what's he going to do? But it goes back to Martinez. It seems to be a thing when you sign for Everton, you sign a contract so you can't make a sub until 75. Um, having said that you know the, the other positive we haven't really spoken about Calvert-Lewin actually scores a goal yeah, both goals it's Harrison's goal <laughs> he scores a, he scores a goal he I feel it. it's Jack Harrison's goal I felt like crying for him either way he, he, it's not but either <laughs> <laughs> have you watched it it definitely definitely is Jack Harrison's goal all of us said that Calvert-Lewin's in the ground that was made for him but if it's given to Harrison he can have the assist the assist but what I'm saying is um 
you've wrecked what I was going to say now him scoring a goal would be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to say was we scored two goals that were less than half a yard out as well by the way um, and it was made up for Brantwaite I just want to say as well when Richarlison scores that first goal it's probably the first time I've looked at Brantwaite and said that something was his fault and it absolutely was because um, well Richarlison standing there with a bit of a gap anyway to shoot that's down to your two centre-backs anyway and Michalenko come across but if you look where he's standing there when that ball comes in from Brantwaite that was the first time he was just static and um, never ever want to criticise him again do you know what I mean because if we did or if he was that like that we certainly wouldn't have the points we've got now but yeah um, take a draw just the thing with Richarlison there that's what he does really well though isn't he he will find that little pocket of space you know on Defenders a lot more experienced than Brantley. Yeah. Have you ever seen him with his left foot like that? By the way, I can't remember him scoring a left foot a goal for us. Have you? No. But it, I, I mean, I think today just watching him, it's like you just see how much we miss from what it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, a striker yeah. that can fucking score for a start, but just everything he does is, 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 is all that. Three, three cheers for Charles. Yeah. <laughs> can, can I just applaud them? <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just want to give a little shout out to the Tottenham kit as well. That's why I was still. It was oh, like oh, it was like weirdly weirdly flesh coloured in a certain light. It was. Dreadful. It wasn't like a Jimmy Bidston shout out. It was a, it was a shout out to how bad it was. It was like can't see the numbers on the back very well. Was, like, was, was it like was it move? Oh, but it looked like in certain lights it was like a flesh. Like, like I'm not even gonna call it grey. It ain't grey, was it? It was. It was genuinely because I mean you're wearing a grey top here. Like, that, like not that grey. It was just skin coloured. Yeah, flesh coloured. Sit next to me, woman. She says, "Why is he not wearing the top?" Because <laughs> 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 she was that skin colour, she's like, Don't, doesn't everyone wear the kit anymore? And the football I was like, Mum, it's not, it's grey. It's like, you need your eyes tested and saying that's oh, grey. Should <laughs> um, we finish on the referee? We just thought it was like the last 10 minutes, just completely lost the plot. Like, Spurs brought on that lad with the top knot, I don't know what his name is. And his, his MO just seems to be rugby tackle better for yeah. the entire game. And like, there's one. There's one which we should have had. Well, there's shouts for a penalty. I don't know if it was, but no, the one, it, it the one, like no. it looked like from where I was. I felt that, that I actually felt that the second appeal was a lot stronger than the first. The, the one. second one before we actually get the free kick is like I can't believe he doesn't give that. He just look at the ball. He just charges right across him. That that is a foul. Proper bent back. Yeah, yeah. It's like watching rugby now. It was like that. We weren't looking at the ball. We weren't caring where the ball's going. He just looked at him and stepped across and just tries to throw as much of his body into him and he, and he seems so intent on like booking everyone with descent and like this is I, I, I hate I hate even talking about this but like then Timo Werner like kicked the ball away yeah. at one point and he, t- and he saw it and he turned around that quick so he didn't have to book it was like you've just you've just booked Ben Godfrey for moaning you booked Sean Dice for moaning if you're gonna if you're gonna be hot on descent and book everyone with descent Book everyone. Don't just don't just book the players you want. Well, the other the other example of like avoidance in that situation was the offside that Les spoke about. Yeah. Um, and Michael Oliver probably looks at that, admittedly not his fault, and thinks you're wrong here. Yeah. And then the, 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 it was quite funny. Tottenham made the sub, and within about half a second, he blew his whistle and pointed over to the touchline <laughs> for the sub. He was like, "Get in! There's a break in play." And the announcer's going to save me here because everyone's going to look over to the sideline. But, um, you know, the reality is that the threshold is just higher for Everton, isn't it? Um, you know, I, I, I don't take any form of personal pride or anything out of saying that. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for siege mentality. But it, when, when it means that we have to do so much more to get a throw-in, never mind a penalty, like the better one that we all appealed for. Certainly when I was appealing for it from our end, 
it looked like it was out the box and I wanted a free kick I, I don't know if it was um, I know ultimately we score from the free kick from the next foul um, but I, I struggle to think of a football match where I watch an Everton centre half do that and he doesn't get booked never mind a foul not given um, and part, part of me does look around at the ground and see you know protest banners and flags and whatnot, and think is is that part of it um, is, is there that kind of you know, we saw Michael Oliver do it today in kind of doubling down on a bad decision when he went over and booked someone on the, the Everton sideline. Um, and it was after that particular better decision. And it, it does make me think maybe unconsciously referees come to Goodison Park now and think, well, I'm not going to play to their narrative and, and kind of give them what they want. It's like our card mark before the back's going up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, no, no one's right or wrong here in how we're handling this because it's obviously a, a ridiculous situation, but um, I, I do think that that is probably a thing in referees' minds at the moment. It's difficult now to say it without being saying, oh, you, you, you're just crying because it's your own team. But I'm getting to the point now, and we've spoke about this a lot on Mondays, Matt, where it's hard to say it without sounding like you think there's an agenda. But the more this continues, like we're talking about it all exactly. the time. Exactly. You're seeing it and thinking, you never ever want to say it's an agenda. But fuck me, it looks like an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that it's getting that bad now? How many video teams would David Moyes have sent to the FA by now? <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like when we were talking about Dice before, I was about to say, like there are a lot of similarities on the Moyes. Like one make changes to late on. He's very like set on a certain style of play. But I just want to go back to Michael Oliver, if I may. And I mean, <laughs> this isn't just him, this is all officials who seem to come to Goodison Park. If Everton are losing or we're, we're chasing a win, I don't know what it is, but I seem, and a few select people in the upper ladder street, seem to be the only people who remember that if a player has been substituted, they need to exit the pitch at the nearest part of the ground. That referee today watched, I think it was Hoiberg being taken off, and he's seen him walk past them, and he let him go. And I just wonder, you've just seen that, and Seamus Coleman, five minutes before then, has just told you he's got to leave the pitch at the nearest side, and you're still allowing it to happen. So if the officials aren't enforcing the rules and they're not enforcing it themselves, then what's the point? Like, it's getting to that point now where we're questioning every single thing that they do. And I'm not going to shout corruption, but it's just... They're not... Oh, they just... To borrow like a... Shouting. Yeah, to borrow a quote from Roy Keane, do your job. Just do your job yeah. properly. Just, just quickly on a similar thing, there was a lovely little section of the family enclosure where every time Spurs got a, a throw yeah, in... Yeah, yeah. He'd take it forward a couple of yards and this whole section was just screaming at the linesman <laughs> yeah. to get it back. It's lovely. I love to see that. There's an even better one when they uh, have a throw-in right in the corner on uh, Gladys with the, the paddock. Some fella has to throw the ball back to him. It's, it's, it's the best. Like, I'd love someone to paint it. Just just stop it. He gets up. I like we need to score a goal with two one down. He just gets it and throws it. I can't remember who played left back for them. Who was it? Do you remember? Two doggies. Yeah, he's coming over to get the ball like just a sensible fella. And this punter at the batter just picks it up, throws it in his face, and just goes fuck oh up like that. Screams as loud as he can. I'm like, you know when you're like, he's just had enough. He's not arsed with the game now. He's just had enough and wants to assault someone instead. Just very, very, very last thing before we go. I should have mentioned this earlier, but. Um, I thought Seamus was so good when he came on today. Like I, I, in the ground, I was being like, I was bemoaning, be like, oh, 
We're trying to get a goal. He was bringing on a 35-year-old right back to try and save us. But I just thought he was absolutely bossing everything he did when he came on. Can I just say before that, what did you think of Godfrey? Because he obviously went. He played well. Yeah, I was happy with Godfrey as well. But like you say. I just thought Shane was just like, yeah. you just gave Sentence us like just something a bit, a bit different when he came on. I, I mean, I, I'm biased. I, I love him in the same way I loved Richarlison until he threw his Spurs shirt on. But I love Seamus Coleman. I, 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 he he epitomises everything. When the equalizer was given, he was given it to the referee, wasn't he? But then when yeah. he was given, he went absolutely berserk in me. Like, he, just, he, he just seems, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think he's like obviously Captain Marvel and, and like he. He changes games when he comes on, but when he comes on, he does just the standards just improve when, when when he comes on. He expects so much more from our players, and he just lifts everyone around him. And there just seems to be like an aggression, or maybe not aggression, but there just seems to be more desire from him, like in, in terms of getting us forward. And as Dave said, the forecast he was brilliant tonight, and it was unfortunate to come off with injury. Dobbin was good when he came on. Well. Dobbin was brilliant as well. He, he was, he was really good. He put him the again, yeah, put Potter on his toes quite a lot, and he's getting into pockets with Michalenko. Um, the one shame for me, I think it might have been Dobbin who played it in for Chimiti. And it just, they just needed to be a bit of power in that. And oh, one first, so he has time for the first. Yeah. I don't think he gets that, you know what I mean? He's got their defenders probably in his back. Yeah. I'm thinking that's got to be offside, but when it wasn't, I'm like, you take a touch and bang it in and just see what happens. Yeah. But he tried to... Was, do you know what I loved that? I felt a little bit unfortunate for him because it was it was a clever effort at trying to score there. Just one little touch into the corner. Yeah, there wasn't enough pace on the cross no, that's that. it. That's yeah. it. I agree with you there. I think that's why you have to take a touch and then you're banging it, swinging your foot at it. But, um, you know, that's that's the thing. And again, in a bit of a nutshell, Matt, this lad's going to have to be played. He's going he's gonna to get game time for us going forward. So you've got to get him on. And um, again, Beto was on and... You know, let's say the better really. Um, interesting that Chimiti got on before better today. Exactly, but, um, yeah. Good point. But yeah, we'll, point. we'll explore that more in the week. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there anyway because we've done nearly 40 minutes on that. Uh, it was an eventful game, but cheers to Mark, Les, Paul and Dave. That is your instant reaction from the Denby Castle. It's absolutely packed. Everyone having a lovely time reflecting on the Everton game, uh, watching the rugby and soccer Saturday um, for Everton 2, Tottenham 2. We'll be back in the week building up to what should be a nice routine win against Manchester City on Saturday lunchtime up the toffees speak to you soon Sports Social Podcast Network